Hello and welcome to The Gap, episode 574. It is Thursday, the 15th of July, 2021. And I am your host, Job Gilroy. I am alone this week because Luke is uh, out on holiday. I guess uh, the US is opening up a little bit. He's, uh, he's based over in San Fran in case... You didn't know, and uh, yeah, he's he's out on holiday because it's opening up a little bit. I think he's going to Disneyland or Disney World, whichever one is on the, whichever one is close to San Francisco. I don't imagine that he went all the way across the the country. And uh, yeah, he's going to do some holiday things, I guess. I mean, makes sense. I'm uh, I'm here in Sydney, and we're balls deep in the fourth week. Fourth week, third week of uh, lockdown, third week of lockdown. It's going to continue on for another couple of weeks yet. And uh, I desperately want to go out and do some things. I was going to go down to Tasmania, but uh, that's not happening anymore. So, uh, yeah, I can totally understand the desire to get out and go see some stuff. And also, uh, they've got that Star Wars land and all that over there. So, I mean, truth is, like this time last year, I should have been at Star Wars land, whatever the fuck it's called, Galaxy's Edge. I actually, sh- I was, like I'd, I had flights booked and everything to go, but uh, yeah, it wasn't to be, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Obviously a little bit disappointing, but it is what it is. Anyway, we've got a pretty good show this week. It's uh, going to be a little bit odd, obviously, because it's just me yapping for as long as I can bear to. There's no video. I'm not recording myself on video because why bother? Um, and there might be some long pauses and stuff just because, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess Luke could... Luke does. Luke's gonna edit this, right? While he's on holiday, because that's that's how uh, content creation works in the year twenty twenty one. You go on holiday. Actually, that's how content creation has worked for the last however fucking long. I remember going on my honeymoon, and uh, I was still editor at Game Arena at the time. Uh, I was on my honeymoon on Hayman Island, uh, and the first thing I do, well, what. Well, uh, what I would eventually do after I woke up in the morning uh, is I would uh, check my emails because it didn't matter that I was technically on holiday. There was only one editor on the site and you couldn't let, you couldn't just disappear. I couldn't, there wasn't anyone I could sub in. Uh, it was only two weeks, so you couldn't like, I don't know, do the maternity leave short-term contract thing or whatever. So, uh yeah, you just sort of never stop. Anyway, um, the reason Luke's doing it is uh, because I have shown over time that I am just useless at it every time I do it. And there are like a, a handful of episodes throughout the history of the sh- 574. I would say 570 of them have been edited by Luke and uh, three have been edited 
by me, or four, I suppose, have been edited by me. How did I screw that maths up? It's amazing. Um, and they're all awful. They're all the worst. Like, they're just terrible, terrible edits. Like, I just sort of clomp the... I, like, I'll grab the the starting music, our intro music from another episode. And I'll just sort of cram it into the start there using my limited knowledge to make it work as best as I can. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Luke's obviously decided after enough times of having to listen to that awfulness that he's just going to do it himself. Anyway, um, he'll be gone for a couple of weeks and then uh, obviously he'll be back. Uh, I was, we were actually going to tag in and out. I don't know if we talked about this at the end of last week's podcast or if we just talked about it while off air. Uh, but I was, yeah, I, I was going to tag out and he was going to take over for a week because I was going to be away, but no longer going to be the case. So, because uh, I'm not going anywhere because I'm locked in. Anyway, we do have some cool stuff coming up though. We got loads to talk about this week, and uh, yeah, we'll have uh, a special guest next week. Uh, a very cool uh, game uh, is on the horizon. I've managed to secure access to something that I think people are going to be very excited to hear more about. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's do this week. Let's do it one week at a time. So this week first, and we might kick off with um. Uh, we'll kick off with Dead by Daylight. I, I usually when so I'll give you, a, I'll just I'll just reveal behind the curtain entirely, right? Usually when we do this podcast, uh, before each episode, Luke has all these things that he needs to go through to make sure that the podcast is actually going to work. Uh, I show up, I sit down, I put in to this list, the list of games that I've been playing, and then uh, and then we do the podcast. And so Luke's doing all these things. Luke's spinning all these plates and I sort of plonk myself down on my seat, uh, unkempt. I haven't groomed uh, in, I don't know, fucking 18 months at this point. I haven't had a haircut or uh, barely barely shave uh, for 18 months. And I just sort of fucking plonk myself down. Luke's like fucking, okay, yeah, I've got, the, I've got all this going. And then he gets on the podcast and he sounds like, He's uh, struggling to stay awake and uh, we do the podcast and that's how it rolls. That's how we can work. Anyway, now that he's not here, I have not successfully listed the games that I've played this week. Uh, so I'm kind of just looking at my um, my Steam uh, like list. You know, the, the mo I've got Steam sorted by recent. Right? I don't know why anyone would ever sort Steam by anything other than recent. It should be the default. Because obviously you're trying to play the games that you're, like, playing. Does that make sense? Right? And if you're trying to find something else that you haven't played recently, right? For for example, uh, Prey is in my list. Um, yeah, if you're trying to play something else from that mix, then... You just search it. There's a fucking search bar right right up the top. You press P-I-E into the fucking search thing, and there you go, pray. Bingo, bango. So, yeah. 
Got it sort of by recent, so I can see all the things I've been playing recently, which is very helpful. Uh, there is one thing that I can't talk about. Uh, two of them I have purchased, but I have not played yet, which I guess is annoying a little bit. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's a pretty robust rundown of what I have available or what I've been playing this week. Um, so I guess it works. I didn't need to do the list, right? Although I do the list for Luke's benefit so that he knows what I've played and what he's played and when we play the same thing and in the event that we have played the same thing but haven't played it together, I suppose. Um, and yeah, so we don't like double up and stuff like that or surprise one another and he can sort of get an idea of how he wants to lay it all out. It just makes sense. Anyway. Uh, Dead by Daylight. I've been playing more Dead by Daylight. The uh, They had this big event going on for, I don't know how long, two, three weeks. Uh, it was their fifth anniversary. And uh, yeah, they, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying the game again. It seems to be, it's it's going like well. It's very popular once more. Um, I just continue to evolve the way that I play, I guess, um, in that I'm starting to get to the point where, like, I don't know, I wish I could turn, like, I, I, I've, I feel like you must be able to do it, but I wish I could work out how the turn off the in-game chat. I just never want the accidental incident of seeing what anyone else has to play. I... I think I'm better off, right? Like, so I've had it on all this time because, and I've spoken about this before, those few instances where someone where someone jumps in and is like, that was such a fucking cool game. I had such a good time. Thanks so much, right? Those few instances, I previously felt outweighed the instances where uh, the people I was playing against were salty dickheads who were mad when I... Yeah, like, because Survivors, and, you know, Luke's spoken about playing survive, the Survivor role, so you get an understanding of what how things look from their perspective, but I just, I don't know, I find Survivor to be so nerve-wracking, and, and playing killers is so fucking, I don't know, zen, right? You just do your things, right? I know what I need to do. I need to chop them and scare them and hunt them and whatnot easy peasy i just do those things where a survivor you're like oh god there's a heartbeat oh my god it's coming for me and you're like full panic mode i know people like it's different for everyone but i just find killer to be that much so much more relaxing uh which don't read into it don't like fucking don't report me to the uh federal police the federales okay it's just i don't want to be an actual killer it's just it's just weird right but uh yeah it seems like survivors have a, a lot of trouble um working out when a player is like when a killer is just letting them go is being nice to them like you would have, like some of some of the actions you have to do to make it so fucking clear uh, that you're letting them go are just out of control. But uh, 
Yeah, I did have a, I had a game last night, my last game last night, actually, right when I decided to bail and go read comics in bed instead, um, was against a Survive With Friends crew. Uh, they had they all had, two of them had toolboxes, two of them had flashlights. And the way it works is toolboxes help you pop gens faster, but you can also use them to like damage hooks. So you can't use those hooks. Um, and as the killer, what you want to do is down someone and put them on a hook. And that's that's like basically your primary objective, your primary goal is to pop people on hooks. And if you do it three times, they die and they're gone for the for the game. Flashlights are used to blind the killer. So you've shined the flashlight in their eyes, makes them blind. Um, but what trolley players do is they'll click, 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 like just flash on to sort of taunt you, right? Like, oh, you can't catch me, lol, haha, <laughs> click, 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 click. Right, so two of them had the flashlights, two of them had the toolboxes. They popped the first gen uh, basically immediately. And uh, yeah, to their bad luck, it was the third gen. So I was basically on top of them when they popped it anyway. And all four of them were de there. And the, the two flashlights, one started like clicking immediately, uh, dropped a pallet blinded me when I kicked the pallet in. I don't really care about that. It's not that big a deal. You can, uh, I'm playing this pyramid head, um, which we've spoken about before. He's got like a big sword. He can do this sweeping move that sends a, a trail of like damage out nine meters uh, long and like a meter wide. Uh, you can catch like three people with one fucking trail. It is, it's a big deal. Um, it's, it's beasting. If you can, it's really good when you come up on a, a um, on a generator where they're working on it. If they're all working on, like if they've got three people working on one generator, you can catch all three of them. And yeah, like they shouldn't let it happen, but the like they should be able to hear. When you, when you do the drag attack, it makes a lot of noise. But you've got a couple of options. I've got this perk that when I kick a, a generator that's working, uh, my heartbeat disappears. So they can't hear the heartbeat. And sometimes the the maps in um, Ted by Taylor have weird random noises. I don't like the way they do this. Uh, I guess they do it for atmosphere to spook people out. It sort of reminds me of, uh, you know, like in um, PUBG, right? Well, Hell Let Loose does this a little bit, but uh, PUBG was particularly bad for it. Bushes that at a distance look exactly like the silhouette of a crouching player or or just a standing player or something. And like you would, you would have to either zoom in to confirm that it's just a bush or train your brain to ignore that, that particular um, input. And Dead by Daylight, that's what this does as well. Uh, these like fire in barrels is crackling exactly like the way footsteps sound or like a fucking buzzard that sounds like a moaning player or some shit like just dumb stuff um that adds absolutely nothing in my opinion um except for a little uh audio audio like audible noise uh to sort of catch players off and it, it doesn't make any sense to me, really. I just don't like it. Anyway, um, so yeah, 
I don't really care all that much if they're going to blind me uh, while I'm kicking a pallet. Because I can generally catch them anyway. Like, you, the the thing about Pyramid Head is, like, his big sweep move goes through everything. Goes through walls. Goes downstairs. Downstairs? Upstairs? Downstairs. Um, it can't go over a gap in the air. So it needs the ground. It can't go upstairs. But... It, it just means that, like, if you jump on the other side of a pallet, I can probably get you anyway, right? Like, I can just sweep through the pallet. So I'll just kick down pallets just to just to save myself a little bit of time for the next time they do the loop. And the other thing is, while I'm... Once I do that, that pallet, I can stab in the ground and leave a trail. And if they step on that trail... They get tormented and I can send them to the cage of atonement, which means I don't have to put them on hooks. And that was the undoing of this this troll party of uh, survivors is that uh, they were playing against Pyramid Head who has absolutely no need to hook anyone. And they didn't, I think the mistake they made was that they didn't make that connection, right? What, what would have been smart is if once they made, once they realized I was Pyramid Head, they should have just used their toolboxes on Pop and Gens as fast as possible, right? Split up, four person split and use those toolboxes to, to either really work some Gens or full Pop all of the Gens as fast as humanly possible. It's hard as a survivor because you don't know where the gens are. The killer does know where they are and can patrol them pretty easily and stuff like that. And like I said, the pyramid head can fucking hit you from nine meters away through walls while you're doing a gen. So it is dangerous. Uh, so like it's 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 simple with hindsight to say what they should have done. But uh, I don't think it's hindsight to say categorically if you're up against pyramid head, you are wasting your time doing hooks, right? Because if I can cage you, and that's basically all I ever want to do is cage you, uh, then, yeah, I will cage you. And it just renders the entire hook destruction thing moot, right? It also renders all of, like, they were probably running you know, decisive strike and all these perks that help when you're on a hook Right when when you get off a hook, suddenly uh, decisive strike triggers, and I think it's like ninety seconds or something. For the next ninety seconds, if you get picked up again, you'll stab the you'll stab the fucking killer, and you can get free. Success, run away, yay! But if you get out of the cage, it doesn't trigger, and suddenly, yeah, all of these things that you take, all these. These tools that survivors have to counterplay killers just don't work. And yeah, these guys were playing it super trolley regardless. And I realized that like, I don't need to, like I, I wanna give them, I wanna give them the fucking scare, but you gotta like analyze how you scare people who have come into a, like it's sort of like predator right predator and i will say this until the end of time predator is a sorority girl slasher fic uh flick right slasher fic uh slasher flick 
but the sorority girls are big, burly action heroes. That's that's Predator, right? It's That's what makes it genius, in my opinion. It is a slasher flick where... I can't say slasher flick without trying to say slasher fic for some reason. Just got slash fic on the brain, baby. Um... Yeah, it is a uh, it is a, a slasher flick, except with action heroes, and that's fucking genius. It's fucking amazing. It's so it works so well, uh, and that's why it has to end the way it does. That's why, in my opinion, uh, I know, I know he's supposed to have lived, but uh, I've always considered it. Uh, the Dutch dies, right? Because that's how it would work in a slasher flick, right? You think, unless, um, like, outside of the... If Dutch had come back for the next one, uh, then, sure, uh, he lived. But in, in the same way that um, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, continues to live, uh, in, in, in the Halloween sense, not in the... Uh, in in that scream queen sense, right? But if he doesn't return, then he's not a scream queen, and so I don't think he lives. I don't think that's that's not how it works. Like it's a nuke, right? There's he doesn't have to die on the spot. That that stuff uh, lingers for ages. There's a reason he didn't return. Anyway, um, so. That, but that's the thing, right? You have to change. You can't just do like if you if you are the predator, right? You can't just scare these action heroes the same way you would scare sorority girls. You can't just stand creepily out a window and, and spook them. You need to attack that from a different fucking angle. You need to attack that problem as if they are action heroes. And that's that's the same thing that, like that's the mentality shift that I made when I was playing against this troll group of uh, Survivor with Friends guys. And I think that's, it's like, I feel like that is good. It's, it's big. It's a big moment for me in this game, being able to shift mentalities once I analyze how the game is gonna go down, right? Because, I can like the ability to switch play styles on the fly, I think will allow me to really grow. Uh, Cause you know, when, when I used to play survive with friends groups and I was playing in the, I, I made it to rank six before the season ended. And I wasn't really like, you know, my play style doesn't really, um, doesn't really, the way you rank up is you can sort of inevitably do it provided you complete any objectives of, at all, right? Um, because you'll get, like, if you get two hooks, if you get, sorry, two kills and, like, everyone hooked in a game of, uh, in a killer game of Dead by Daylight, you will, like, rank up. You'll get, well, you get one pip, right? And ideally, if you, if you 4K, if you kill everyone and you hook them all a bunch of times and, you know, you max out everything, you'll get two pips, right? And you rank up faster. And I think there might be a bonus system in Evolve where you can like chain up extra extra pips and rank up faster and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the reality is if you do basic objectives, you will rank up um, and and it's an inevitability. Uh, so I made it a six 
Uh, I probably could have made it to one, I would say, um, just just by fully sweating. But that's just not how I play, right? I actively let people go all the fucking time. Um, and I will always, always opt to, to play, to do what I think is going to be spookier, right? But you come up against these Survive With Friends groups. I used to come up with Survive With Friends groups, especially in the highest ranks, right? And they'd all be like rank two or three or whatever. And they were all doing the super fucking, they all knew the perfect loops and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I'd be still trying to play my spooky, oh, I'm going to try and, I'm going to scare you. But they just, they are playing like they're on the fucking main stage at ESL and, uh, and they're, you know, outplaying me. They're fucking 6,000 IQ outplaying me while I'm playing like fucking hyper dork. And there's actually some power in that. There's the classic, you know, if someone play, if someone doesn't play the way they're supposed to, you can't, it's hard to predict. It's hard to counter play when they're not playing. It's, you know, the, the classic Heath used to duck while we were playing fucking Quake. And it's just not, nobody ducks while you're playing Quake. You just never fucking see it. And so it used to, like, it, it took me ages to fucking adjust to it. Um, it robs you of all momentum and you get used to like shooting at where they're going to be and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so there was some power in my play style in that I was playing in a way that they weren't expecting and, and it still worked sometimes. But this shift, right? These guys, because, you know, they all got reset or half reset um, on their ranks as well. So we're all rank uh, 13, I think 13. Um and yeah, these guys are all playing super sweaty. So they must have been around rank six as survivors as well. And yeah, playing super fucking trolly and clicking and all this kind of stuff and sac- uh, destroying hooks and all this kind of stuff. And I that mentality shift to play it more like, okay, well, they're action heroes. I need to do what would scare action heroes. And so the shift was I bodied them. I just fucking hunted them down nonstop, like pure relentless uh everything they thought they might do i had a fucking i had a fucking answer for right like i'd have the trail uh, below the window that they were going to go through i had uh i had i channeled them into hallways where they wouldn't be able to dodge my big sweeping attack i loot them like they thought they were looping me but i was looping them back on a fucking my trails or I'd they kept like I, I'd left them I three gen them uh which is when you you cluster the last three generators real close to them uh together I, I forced them into three genning uh despite their best intentions they they just had like that there were like four gens left uh sorry they they'd done all but they needed two more gens to open the gates, uh, generators, I should say. Uh, two more generators to open the gates. You need to do five generators to open the gates. They had done three, then needed two more, and they had one way over the other side of the fucking map. And I realized that they had worked out where their three gens were, or where the generators were, if they were to be three gens, and they were desperately trying to stop that from happening. And so what I worked out I had to do was start fucking killing them, because otherwise they would just hold out forever, right? So I went, I kicked the generator that they'd almost, they, they 
it was it was like 99% done. I kicked it, and then I, I just started killing them. Uh, not like I did. Well, I wasn't sacrificing them either. Pyramid Head once he downs people twice, once he cages them twice, he can just kill them on the ground, and that's what I fucking did. Uh, and yeah, so they popped their fourth. Like, they popped their the second to last generator they were three gens they were looping up over the top of this thing i had like fucking trail where they'd have to drop uh they were trying to dodge that but they couldn't so they're all fucking tormented all the fucking time and and like i could tell right that they were playing proper scared that they were playing in a manner that indicated that they were fucking terrified about what was going to happen to them and uh yeah there were there were only two left uh they were just ducking in and out. They had they were just healing each other constantly or healing themselves constantly. They had this uh, this celebratory fucking med kit that seemed to last for fucking ever, but it didn't fucking matter. Because time was on my side, right? Time is on my side. Uh, like, I can wait them out forever. It doesn't matter. And then one of them tried to sacrifice themselves, right? Like, just ran at me. And then when I hit them, they didn't run away. They ran, like... And I could tell then that they were trying to get into the fucking... Trying to get into the hatch. So I went and found the... Like, so there was only two left. I killed two of them. Uh, I basically insta-killed the one who was who'd blinded me on the pallet at the start. I just... I was like, okay, cool. You die, you die first. Found them, killed them. And then, uh, yeah, I, uh, I went and found the other one. They were standing basically next to the fucking hatch, which was idiotic. They should have led me anywhere else, but there they were. Um, the, they didn't go and try and help their friend up because they wanted their friend to bleed out on the ground. So I, uh, I killed, killed the one near the hatch. And then I went and picked up the other one and dragged and walked them over to the hatch Dropped them at the hatch, and then I fucking executed them. And I was like, you know what? That's it. That is. I don't need to read the fucking. I don't need to read the chat uh, to this one, right? Because they're not going to be fucking gracious. Uh, they came into this with ill intent, but I know I had them scared, and they know I had them outplayed. Like, the things I had to do to make sure they knew, you know, like, walking behind them and stuff, like, for ages and ages without hitting and all this kind of stuff, and they'd still turn around and start clicking when they got some separation. Ludicrous. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm having fun playing Dead by Daylight, and the important, like, the, the way to have fun in Dead by Daylight as a killer is to try to... Scare people as much as possible, and sometimes scaring people as much as possible. This is this is the thing I learned: is sometimes scaring people as much as possible is in you have to kill them so fucking hard that they know they're not they're not top shit. Anyway, um, good times from Bragatha Christie there. Uh, Dead by Daylight. That's Dead by Daylight. Still playing it. Continue to play it. Uh, is my game du jour, game to fucking lockdown, I guess. Um, what else have we got? 
let's see, in this list, uh, oh my god, I'm gonna sneeze. Why don't we talk about Prey real quick, all right? Because uh, I brought it up before and I have been playing it. Uh, I realized that I was gonna have to play a bunch of games because uh, I was on my own. <laughs> and uh, uh, I really wanted to go back to Prey for ages because I never really played Moon Crash. Uh, I played a little bit when it first came out, but what I was really interested in when they did that update, the Moon Crash update, was, uh, was the VR multiplayer Typhon Hunter game, right? Um, which, like, the, that one person is in VR and the other players are all typhons right which are the things that turn into coffee mugs and stuff um the aliens um yeah i uh i wanted to check that out i never i got a couple of games i remember talking about it on the podcast and i, I talked about moon crash itself a little bit as well but i didn't really uh play it as much as i could have because i was more far more interested in typhon hunter and i i don't think you know it's it's one of those ones where you know, the, I think it should have come out a lot earlier than it did in the game's life cycle. I think by the time that it did come out, um, people weren't all that interested uh, in, or like, you know, people had played Prey and they were like, yep, cool, Prey's awesome. I like Prey. Anyway, um, what else was, what else is good? And, and then they move on, right? But that's, I guess... Yeah, like, not always, uh, not always gonna fucking work for a long tail sort of DLC. It's sort of like with uh, Doom Eternal, right? I really like Doom Eternal, uh, but I, I I tried to play the Ancient Gods, and I just. I mean, it just, it, it plays like you never, ever played anything else. It plays like, you, oh yeah, well, of course, uh, Prey, the only game I've ever played, or Doom Eternal, the only game I've ever played, uh, has released DLC, and I am perfectly ready to just jump back in. I think I talked about this when Ancient Gods first came out, right? Like, But I think Bethesda has a bit of a, a trend of doing this, right? of doing these these releases with such a long window bet between release uh or the initial release and the dlc release that yeah you just you unlearn everything you no longer know how to fucking do anything in the game anymore and you're like i can't especially because you can remember right you can also remember what you used to be like like by the end of prey you are fucking you, you can you've got these fleeting memories of what you once were this fucking bouncing system shock fucking wrench thrown fucking psionic god and you start up a new game and a you don't have any powers anymore and b you don't remember how anything fucking works and c you're in a lot of fucking trouble because you're just fucking struggling with shit. Like you, like you, 
vaguely remember the rules of this world, but you don't super remember the rules of the world. And yeah, it's it's just a tough fucking ask, right? So yeah, I bounced off Moon Crash last time, but I jumped in and played it again and it's fucking rad. Like, and I think now, see, that's that's the other thing is you have to have, there has to be enough separation. Like, it's almost like they've found the window where like, if you have, if you played and loved Prey, right? But didn't, but then went on to play other games after Prey, then the window between Prey and Moon Crash, let's have a fucking quick squeeze on the release date. Uh, but, uh, so, Prey, Moon Crash came out. Yeah, that's not fucking helpful, is it? Uh, Prey, Moon Crash. I right, will try, we'll try a different fucking search. Oh my fucking god, not the fandom wiki, just the regular fucking wiki. Can we please? Prey itself came out in 2017, uh, the 5th of May 2017, and Moon Crash came out in June 2018. So it's it's like fucking 12, 15 months is the perfect amount of fucking time, right, to wait between, like, dropping a game and people still remembering the vague elements of how to fucking play it, uh, but not able, being able to actually fucking accomplish anything anymore. Right, 15 months, that must be the fucking, the top end of the window. And Doom Eternal, uh, what was that? March 2020? March 2020, and the Ancient Gods came out, pardon me, and the Ancient Gods came out. When the fuck did the Ancient Gods come out? I don't fucking know. October 2020. So, yeah. Okay, so seven to 15 months. That's the that's your window, right? And if you release DLC in that window between seven and 15 months, that's just... The perfect amount of time where someone played and loved your last game, oh, the original game, the DLC will have come out late enough now that they have forgotten the fundamentals, but will remember what it's like to be fantastic at it. And if you wait a couple of years, like I I have with Prey Moon Crash, uh, to play, to check out what what Moon Crash is all about, um, and, and like really deep dive into it, then you will be able to relearn everything with like a full fresh experience and so you are a little bit more capable of uh returning and moon crash from that perspective does a lot of fucking really interesting things uh it's got this like uh if you haven't played prey by the way absolutely fucking do it uh if you've got the xbox game pass it is on xbox game pass um for pc i believe uh hello no there we go yeah it is xbox game pass for pc uh and it is fucking phenomenal absolutely hard recommend it one of my favorite games um 
I just think they did such a spectacular job with it and it's well worth checking out. So, uh, and and enough time is now passed that any of the lingering uh, game-ruining bugs that destroyed the games of a number of people, including IGN's uh, Dan Stapleton, the reviews editor, who gave it a four because it kept fucking corrupting on him, and Nathan Lawrence, a uh, regular on this podcast, or a regular guest on this podcast, uh, it fucked up on him and Luke. I think everything was blue for Luke for some reason. Um, yeah, a lot of little tiny bugs that never really worked. Uh, a classic Bethesda launch, uh, really. Uh, but now everything's fucking fixed. And so Prey itself, 100% recommend. But Moon Crash, um, yeah, I would play it directly after Prey if I were you. Or if you've already played Prey, go and check it out. What it's doing is like, so it's, it's a little bit slow to get started, but you wind up uh, playing these simulations of these people trying to escape a moon base. And then it's almost like a reverse of what's going to happen in Deathloop because you need to get everyone in Moon Crash to escape all in one run, air quotes. Um, so you do it as one person and then you'll do it as the next person and then the next and the next and the next. And if you fail at any point, right, you'll unlock stuff for the, like the people that you used. Um, like, so, you know, you start off and the first one you, you do is like this psionic prisoner. Uh, and you will unlock stuff for that guy, right? But what what then happens is uh you ha like technically can't get the ending but you'll have unlocked like so you do have a little bit of fucking uh progression there there is some like fucking movement in that system and like yeah you, you you've got i don't know it's it's a cool fucking game where you are trying to manage all of the little, uh, all of the little things, all of the little ways that, that uh, your playthrough interacts with other playthroughs. And so it's, it's like, yeah, like a reverse of Deathloop in that you are learning more about the, the world that you're uh, in, invading or escaping rather. Uh, you're learning more about it so that you can successfully chain together all of these escapes all in one go. And I think that's fucking amazing. It's it like it, it definitely feels like a, a preview for, for Deathloop in that sense, which is cool as shit, right? Like, why fucking not? Uh, I'm super fucking amped for Deathloop, and Deathloop has mad mad like prey or dishonored vibes to me so uh yeah I'm, I'm extremely keen to see how this one goes see where it goes uh to to finish it to see if i can accomplish it uh accomplish this this escape and it feels good to be playing prey again like the the way the the subtle horror of knowing that anything could be uh, a typhon and then, like, when you have that, when there's that moment while you're playing, when you realize that 
really the the spooky coffee mug aliens aren't the things you should be scared of they're sort of just more an, a, a momentary annoyance compared to the actual terrors that lurk man that's fucking rad uh yeah it does a really good job and uh yeah i heartily recommend playing it uh and checking it out so yeah definitely play prey if you haven't and then check out moon crash uh and if you haven't played moon crash uh now i think is absolutely the time uh i wonder do you get moon crash for free let's have a squiz is it a free update or was it a no it was not a free update how much is prey moon crash thirty dollars thirty dollars uh yeah well i don't know how the fuck to get it on the xbox store i'm sure it's on the windows store maybe it's on the new windows store uh the microsoft store i guess yeah there it is fucking holy shit what a system what a system all right moon crash doesn't show up at all in the microsoft store so maybe it didn't make the fucking leap prey game um Come on, let's load. Let's go. Oh, we fixed the Microsoft Store. Don't worry about it. It's still garbage. And yeah, no sign of the DLC as far as I can see. Well, that's useless. Anyway, um, maybe it's on the Xbox itself, in which case, check it out there. Anyway, pray. Moon Crash. Uh, heartily recommend. I'm going to continue to play it. I'm going to, I'm going to, finish it i'm going to finish it i swear i will finish it um cool all right what else have we got i played some vr games uh, i played this little game called sentenced vr uh which is pretty interesting i, I found it like really fucking intriguing uh you play uh, the executioner for a little germanic kingdom and uh your job is to lop people's heads off and it's basically you know you've got your uh your vr handset and uh you hold on to your fucking sword and you chop someone's fucking head off now you have to do it cleanly to to give them the you know the honor of a clean and and good death because if uh if they didn't deserve a clean and good death then they'd be hanged instead uh so the, the whole fucking deal is you have to be good at chopping lopping heads off i didn't find the lopping heads off part particularly challenging um i mean they kneel in front of, like i don't know if it's supposed to be challenging i don't know how you'd fuck it up to be honest but at the same time like it was a little bit uh rigid it seems a bit hard to fuck up i guess is the point right i'm trying to make is that i think if it was harder to to lop a head off then maybe like if you needed perfect form or some shit or you know like if, if you've ever seen like some some rando grabs a samurai sword and tries to chop through like some bamboo and they can't do anything and and it turns out like you know the the perfect form is that like step forward and and they do that slash down right and that's why the 
That's why the BMW is always cut on that angle, right? Because, you know, normally when you're trying to, like, people who try to chop with a axe would sort of just swing sideways, right? And and they'd sort of, like, let the rotation of the... So you hold the axe handle, right? And you let the rotational energy uh, of the handle, right, the pivot... Uh, pivot is in your hand and you let that rotational energy transfer up to the axe head and then it spins and a lot of the like if you're trying to save yourself some fucking effort right a lot of the power in the chop comes from that the swing itself right but the way the samurai sword works is is it's not a chop it's a slice and a lot of people don't make that fucking connection and I think if that were that that element played into this somehow, then it might be more complicated. But because it is, you know, it's I'm not holding this against the game. It's intensely complicated to uh, to render. Like you don't you, you don't have the weight or anything. You don't want people like fucking stepping forward and fucking slicing or some shit like they're fucking samurais and then punching a fucking hole in their wall or some shit um i i'm just saying it was very simple simple to chop fucking lop heads off it was easy easy as fucking pie baby so uh yeah you could fuck it up but i didn't i couldn't work out how really it was too easy to chop fucking heads off but uh yeah, it's supposed to be like, I don't know, I found it to be a very interesting game. It's supposed to have like a bit of a morality thing to it where you're, uh, you know, you, you can opt to not necessarily engage with the execution. Like you don't have to, you can throw your sword away basically and be like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not killing this person. Fuck that. They don't deserve to die, but that's not really, you know, your role. And you got to decide where you land on that fucking topic, right? Do you do you chop heads off or do you not? I my problem, like I I chopped them all off. My problem was that I didn't really feel like there was much of a moral dilemma, right? I. I, like you go through and I don't want to spoil it too much but like as you go through it's sort of like papers please and people's uh excuses become more and more robust and uh and like there's a, a layer of complexity in what they have to say for themselves where you know by our modern sensibilities uh you might think to yourself well you know, maybe they don't deserve to die. But I I don't know if I agree with that. Like, don't get me Like, you know, outside of the capital punishment thing, right? Like the moral dilemma of capital punishment in general, right? I don't think that applies here because you can't buy a fucking game Right, where you play as an executioner and then be like, well, I'm morally objecting to capital punishment on a fundamental level, so I choose to not play at all. Right, because, like, by virtue of me paying 11 fucking dollars for this game, 
I have opted into at least accepting on, like, on the player character level, I am okay with uh, capital punishment. Not necessarily on a player level, and I don't think you can, I don't think anyone should or could make the argument, like, they, well, they could make the argument, but they shouldn't, because it's dumb. It's a bad argument, right? If you make the argument that, oh, well, you know, so you're for capital punishment, right? Unless your argument is, well, buying a game about capital punishment is morally objectionable, but I don't really agree with that either. I think you could make that argument and it's less dumb than arguing that you should not engage in capital punishment in a game that you paid money for. Uh... Because, you know, you know, fictional characters, blah, 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 uh, virtual, etc., etc. Um, yeah, it doesn't fucking... None of that shit counts. You have to chop heads off if you paid money for this game. But, outside of that, right? I don't feel like any of these, these characters really gave me that much of a... That much pause, right? uh to but it i guess that's the interesting thing about it so it's an experimental game that's supposed to make you examine uh you know self-reflecting stuff um and i guess my approach to it was to uh tackle it as a person who would like to role play it i guess and i tried to imagine what my executioner would do and my, I guess my executioner being, and they, they actually go into the history of what it's, it was like to be an executioner and all this kind of stuff. And like, uh, went pretty deep on, on how, um, they were like pariahs and like outcasts and just sort of treated like shit. Cause everyone associated them with death and punishment and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, they're often inbred as fuck because they couldn't actually like breed outside of their own fucking family and all this kind of stuff. Uh, some of that might be just stuff I know about executioners in general outside of what, but they did talk about a lot of the history of being an executioner and all that. Um, and, and yeah, I don't think someone raised in the life of an executioner would uh, like I think they would already compartmentalize their their worldview to be I just fucking I punch in and punch out right like it's just it's it's like it's my job to chop heads it's not my job to analyze I haven't seen the evidence or heard the fucking cross-examination or something i wasn't present for the fucking court case i just i'm just here to do the final part if you want to fucking lay it at anyone's feet lay it at the judge's feet or the jury's feet or the fucking prosecution's feet not the executioner's feet and i'm not saying that that is a morally uh right stance to take i'm just saying that uh i figured a executioner who was born and bred and raised in the life of the executioner would compartmentalize their existence in that manner or 
maybe they really like fucking chopping heads off but i didn't think that was the case although by the end uh i was attempting to play golf with the head because he had a really long sword and i felt like it was maybe an like i don't know sorry ah <coughs> oh, jeez <coughs> sorry about that maybe just too short to be a really good golf club but the head was large enough that it made up for the difference if it was a golf club uh yeah you'd have to your form wouldn't would be a little too hunched but uh because it was a head and was raised up a little bit more you actually get some fucking good swing into it anyway uh very interesting game i thought i thought it was really well executed very good voice acting uh lots of different characters were voice acting and stuff so hang on okay i think i paused it that time so that you don't have to listen to me fucking sneezing but uh, i may have fucking oh my god hey you guys what you want to do is have you guys seen those fucking massage guns i saw them using them in the nba playoffs uh and then i was at a friend's house and they had one of these fucking things right and like they're basically like you press a button and you hold the gun into your into your muscle and it is revolutionary i'm not fucking kidding revolutionary i've had a bad neck literally since i was fucking 15 16 one or the other i don't know fucking more than half my life at this point i've had a bad neck i got fucking uh, choked out at jujitsu and uh was a neck wrench uh it should not have happened uh i was momentarily paralyzed uh but fortunately i was also unconscious so uh i wasn't aware for most of it uh, i've had a bad neck ever since but i use this thing on my neck and it's fucking phenomenal my neck i have like mobility in my neck and shit and you use it on your fucking thighs and stuff and you're like fuck i feel like that's where the, that that's what i saw them in doing in the basketball game is they like had it held into their fucking on their on their quads and uh, uh you're like holy sh this is i'm like i'm now one of those fucking japanese cows right I gets fed nothing but beer and massages all day. It is the fucking life. I'm not doing it right now because it's pretty noisy. Uh, I think you'd definitely hear it. But uh, yeah, holy shit. It is the greatest thing I've ever fucking acquired in my entire life. I love it to fucking bits. It is the best thing that's happened to me in 2021. I'm telling you right now. Hard recommend. Forget, forget the Game Pass podcast. The Gap is now one of those massage gun thing podcasts when i say massage gun it makes me think of like a um vibrator uh because i guess that's what it sounds like to me because i'm a fucking child anyway uh yeah hard recommends where, where was i said since vr yeah so uh very cool. A very cool, interesting game uh, that I think was executed well. Really good voice acting. Uh, definitely worth checking out. It only took an hour. I want, like I sort of wondered how many people 
Like they must have a real problem with uh, refunds, right? I wonder how many people do that. Refund the game without without really, or after having finished it or whatever. I know it, it will track whether or not you've, how much of the game you've played or whatever, but I think that'd be pretty shitty. It'd be a bit disappointing. Um, <laughs> I uh, The first thing I did was I, uh, while I was in the, in the room with the dude telling me about what I needed to do and like very haughtily telling me the role of the executioner and whatnot. Hey, your job is to carry out the sentences and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I picked up a knife and threw it at him and I killed him and that was game over. It's got a lot of different game over states, which is pretty entertaining. Um, so yeah, worth checking out. Uh, so yeah, to, uh, if you've got VR, obviously you need to have VR, but worth it for that. Anyway, speaking of VR, onto another VR game, Sniper Elite VR. I did not like this at all. I did not think that this worked very well. I don't think that sniper games in general, I guess, work uh, in VR. I don't know how they solve this problem, but uh, yeah, this one just didn't work. Uh, it does, you know, the, the cool, the big cool thing about Sniper Elite as a game is it does that fucking slow-mo, bullet time, like following, camera following thing where it like tracks the bullet and then x-ray shows you where the bullet's going through their fucking brain and all this kind of shit. And yeah, like Sniper Elite VR does that and I do not think it's a good choice. Because VR is all about presence, right? VR is all about like being in the shoes. Uh, like being in the shoes of, of the person in that game world and taking your viewpoint to to see the where the sniper's bullet traveled and the x-ray thing is very cool but uh it takes you it removes that presence it ruins that pre presence um there's like all kinds of like it there's a little bit of the the community issue you know community vr issue uh, where the Dean gets VR and everything is sort of like, I'll, I'll get back to that. I was just sort of, I'm just ADDing my way through this fucking run through of this game. The The core problem, right, is that when you look down a fucking scope, uh, you like the, the way it works in real life, and I haven't fucking shot lots of guns, but I've shot some guns, some scoped guns. The way it works in real life is uh, the there is a rigid body in your hands that allows you to fucking uh, like you you can create a pivot point with either hand, right? So you can pivot. You can lower, you can, you can aim up by, if you're, let's say you're aiming with your right hand on the trigger of a sniper rifle, right? You'd have your left hand 
under the, I don't know, barrel, barrel guard, I don't fucking know gun words, uh, right? And if you wanted to aim up, right, you could lift your left hand up and you would look up. But you could also lower your right hand, your trigger hand, and you would also look up, right? And it's actually really important that you're able to do that. That's actually really important because it gives you something to pivot off and gives you a base, like a, a specific area to work from, right? Like, so if, like once you can, you can use them in tandem, you could, you know, lift with your left hand and lower with your right to to raise it really quickly and stuff like that. You know, this is this is super basic how you fucking turn things in your hands type shit, right? But when you're making fine adjustments, right, it it allow it gives you a significant amount of control. But when you're using two completely independent controllers and there's nothing rigid in your hands between the two, the you don't even get to make that kind of adjustment because your first fucking challenge is getting both of those hands to work in tandem enough so that you are actually at, like aiming in general, right? And it's fine in a on a moment to moment, like second to second basis. You can actually align that shit pretty fucking easily, right? It doesn't feel great, but it's it's fine. But the way sniping works, you're supposed to be doing this shit for an extended period of time. And so you wind up like holding one arm out, but you're not holding anything up. So it's it's one of those like weird fucking, uh, we used to, we used to have a punishment when we play, uh, soccer where you had to hold the fucking soccer ball out in front of you and then they take the soccer ball away and it got like so much fucking harder to hold your hands up and it was almost like the sock like you were able to squeeze you were able to use more like you would squeeze the ball and it would change the muscles you were using in your hand in your arms right but as soon as you take the the ball away you can't do that anymore because you're you're struggling against yourself to keep your hands at the same fucking distance uh we used to do that as a punishment because running laps didn't really matter because we were all really young and really good at running laps classic um that's that's basically what happens with sniper games in fucking VR is you wind up in these situations where you're using these like the muscle groups that you would use to hold a fucking sniper rifle up, right? And let's not let's not forget that also you would be able to rest the sniper rifle on something, which you just can't fucking do here. And it's ludicrous to me that they don't have pivot spots or something like that. Uh, like how did silent scope in the arcade work that shit out? But fucking VR games still have you fucking holding your hands out in front of yourself and like desperately trying to fucking look down a fucking sideline while your fucking arms cramp up or some shit. Crazy shit. Um, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't wind up working. And then like, there's all these other little things that, that happen as well. Like you can, 
like you you've got these moments where you work out that you've misaligned your fucking hands because suddenly like the scope just like becomes an eclipse like this circle just goes over the top of it and it's just like weird to me that they don't have some sort of fucking they need assists for days to make that work also don't need a like apparently i'm pretty shaky on the old hands but like how come i can play virtual cop 2 in fucking playing emu vr playing fucking virtual cop 2 on the fucking sega saturn light gun and i can hit all my shots fine there right it's not like i'm sitting there like you used to do in the old days with the fucking gun up against the screen and just fucking blapping cunts no that's not what like i'm sitting theoretically you know in virtual reality anyway sitting back from the television popping shots wherever i need to right easy peasy right but when i'm fucking holding a sight i'm like fucking michael j fox up on this motherfucker and it's just extremely noticeable i just wish it wasn't like that uh i wish i could fucking I don't know, I just want to be able to fucking change that somehow. There must be some sort of assist element that they could implement. But at the same time, I don't want them to like put all the assists on so that I don't feel like I'm actually doing anything. It's That's why I don't think sniper games work in fucking VR because the there's, a, there's an independence between the controllers. Apparently it's really good on PS VR uh, because it takes advantage of, there's like a an aim controller, right? Uh, a frame that you slot your um, your your move controllers into and you can actually use that as a rigid body to aim and, and shoot at, which is pretty fucking cool. That's a really good idea. They don't exist uh, for PC. Apparently you can 3D print them, but I don't have a 3D printer. And yeah, I just don't think it worked very well. Um, back to what I was saying way before it also does all those like those weird uh yeah community vr the dean and vr things where like basic menu shit has suddenly been relegated to uh, um a a weird in-game menu you gotta hold up a fucking book and switch pages so you can choose your fucking level but it's twisted at some like, there's no way any human being would hold a book this way. It's just not how you'd fucking do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just... Not how they fucking exist. Uh, you gotta hold... Like, there's... No, it doesn't have toggle hold. Like, you pick up the guns, and you've gotta hold the fucking grip button on the fucking on the uh, Vive controller the whole fucking time, which, like, that's also not how, you, like, imagine holding something, right? Imagine picking up a fucking stick, right? Do you hold the stick with the bottom three fingers on your hand against the palm of your hand? Or, if you were to hold a stick in general, would you let it rest in the palm of your hand and use your fingers to keep it in balance? That's what you would do. But the the using the grips and not having a toggle means that you're actively fucking holding this thing the whole fucking time. Which I think can't help with the fucking shakiness and whatnot. Which is weird. It just seems like a massive oversight. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's there's a lot. I just didn't have a good time with it. Um, yeah, I it, it didn't look very good. It looked pretty ugly. Uh, apparently, it's better looking on PC than it is on PSVR, but good Lord. Um, yeah, like you, you grip, grab everything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not good. It's not a good game. I did not have a good time. Uh, it didn't look very good. The lowers were fucking dull. You hit like fucking, I don't know. I feel like you make, you travel further in a fucking virtual cop level than you're doing fucking sniper elite VR. Uh, it's got this weird fucking, I'm an old man, uh, like narrative mechanic that just didn't really work for me because you're stuck in one spot looking around while some dude yaps. So it's basically an unskippable cutscene that where I'm trapped as the camera or some shit. Just blah. Nah. Good lord. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Hard pass. Uh, what else we got? Oh uh, yeah. Company of Heroes. Three, uh, the pre-alpha preview for Company of Heroes Three is out right now. You can actually get into it by going to companyofheroes.com. I believe it's companyofheroes.com, um, and play and, and you got to link your Steam account, which was a little bit complicated, a little bit tedious yesterday. But once I got it done, uh, it was very cool, um, and like instantly added the game to my account companyheroes.com yeah link your steam account you can play right now they're gonna add in extra stuff along the way as well which is pretty cool uh like they're giving away so much which is fucking rad uh apparently they're gonna do co-op and multiplayer pvp along the way so yeah um jump in my first criticism of the game is that it feels a little cartoony like a little fucking it's very um colorful which is not how i remember company heroes being all that much but uh, i didn't play loads of company heroes so you know there is that um on the other hand uh i, th I think it plays really cool it's got this like weird blend of the of the campaign map which is sort of like total war light uh, so it blends that with, um, you know, the classic company hero style gameplay that RTS, RTT style of play. And, uh, it's a big reminder that I'm shit at RTSs. I'm garbage at them. Just no good. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's well worth checking out at the very least. I, I, like I said, I haven't played loads of Company Heroes 2, so I don't have a really good base on what they've changed or what they haven't changed. I don't have a fucking fantastic grasp on that stuff. But, um, it, like, from a from my perspective, it plays really well. It, like, once you get in the swing of, of controlling it and stuff, um, it, it just sort of works. Like, you you get into a really good fucking rhythm of controlling all your guys and uh, Company Heroes is a game where like cover is fucking everything and so you, you sort of do these staggered movements and 
it's, you've got this tactical pause that you can use to sort of like plan those staggered movements out, which is a little bit better than um, like doing it the the sort of very haphazard way that I had been doing it. Um, so yeah, you grab someone, you move them up to cover and then you move the next guys up to the next cover and stuff like that. Um, that's really good. You try to work out good team compositions, good squad compositions, company compositions, I guess. Um, try to have like enough, the, the right things to support your guys. You want like a mortar squad up the back uh, to, to sort of bust out anyone who's entrenched in a position or a bazooka squad to take on any like armored vehicles or machine gunner squad to cut down large amounts of... Uh, of uh infantry that are coming through and you got your regular rifleman squads and they got like grenades and stuff they can do a little bit of all these things they can bust people out of like entrenched positions sort of slow down armored vehicles and stuff like that you've got all these options um and yeah working out a good composition is tricky uh but once you do it you you feel like you've got like a really good fucking system going and you've got these guys running it. Like if it sort of works like you might see it work in Hell Let Loose or something, right? Like you sort of feel like you're commanding uh, an entire team in Hell Let Loose or something, which is fucking cool. Uh, that's that's the, you know, Company Heroes always sort of made uh, it, it feel more about the individual um little players and i think it's done a really good job at doing that here um yeah like the what you're able to play i don't know where it stops but i played it for like a couple of hours now and um yeah you, you play across this giant map you capture the points you build up your fucking defenses and stuff uh i got fucking attacked out of nowhere i don't know how they came over to me but they managed to fucking send a big fucking team to attack me i had to fucking i barely stopped that um from from wiping me out because i just not focused on defense at all i'd sort of fucking forgotten about it so uh yeah i'd sent all my guys away and i hadn't really been building anything up because i didn't have the resources at the time uh and then I'd forgotten about it because you get sort of like lasered in or I certainly get lasered in on the like on what that one company is doing that one that one group of squads is doing uh I'm like fucking focused I'm like okay so yeah the, these guys are doing this and staggers step up and they take out this this I don't know fucking turret and oh my god they're getting fucking ripped up by this fucking uh apc thing or half track and so like fucking i get the bazooka squad around get them enough cover from the light machine gun fire and then i get a, this fucking alert then my fucking base is getting fucking belted i'm like oh what the fuck i have to jump all the way back and i know i can't get like my guys at the front line are fighting with a fucking half track and a fucking team of water guys or some shit and so like it's just this big fucking oh shit i'm in a lot of trouble now uh and yeah i had to go fucking deal with it it was cool like it worked out really well i think like uh that split it it taught me right a lot about 
splitting my attention. It reminded me that you are not, it's not just one group that you're following, right? Like you are attempting to control an entire battlefield. And so like in that one instance, it like once I, once I fought off and I barely did, but I managed to fight off the attack. Um, once I did it, I, I then successfully sent, like I was, it's like I, my mind had been expanded or something and I was sending these, uh, this, the, the defenders. I left enough to, in defense to, to hold off another fucking attack and then I sent uh, my defenders out to take off over more of the fucking map on the other side and I had my guys at the front who were, I sent back to bunker down a little bit. I sent them forward to sort of like fucking attack things and now suddenly I'm like instead of doing the staggered thing on a micro level I'm also doing the staggered fucking moves on a macro level um and yeah it felt like a real growth moment there which was fucking cool um so yeah I think that worked really well and then once you're out of it like you've got you know the the campaign map you you choose where you're going to attack and like you make decisions based on how that's going to help your, um, your army. And you got to make, uh, yeah, these, these tough decisions that might wind up impacting your campaign pretty heavily. Um, I just think it, it's worked really well. Uh, that said, like I said, I'm not a company heroes diehard. I'd love to hear from company heroes diehards hear what they think you can play it for free right now which is sick um yeah i uh i don't know what else to say i guess uh you know i only played it for about two hours so um i think it runs fine although yeah it says right at the start that you're supposed to fucking drop the resolution to 1080 i didn't do that but i think it was locked at 30 frames per second so it didn't fucking matter i didn't really have any problems with how it was playing um yeah i just i think it's fucking it's good shit uh it's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of the series i'm gonna i've installed company heroes 2 so i'm gonna play through that um maybe play some co-op of it instead uh of just playing on my own but uh yeah i've tried to tried to play that a couple of times and then just not for whatever reason but this has got me i think i think i was always daunted by the fucking scope of the game um so i played company heroes one back in the day but yeah just sort of daunted by this the scope of company heroes two and now is the time now i think my mind has expanded enough um yeah I think I can manage it, which is the dream, obviously. Uh, yeah, anyway, Company Heroes 3, pre-alpha preview, available right now, companyheroes.com. Go check it out. Um, briefly, uh, F1 2021, the official video game. I don't know why it's called all that, but it is called all that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know really what, what to say. It seems like a really faithful uh, replication of the concept of Formula One racing, but I don't know. It's got it's got like a campaign mode that I haven't played yet, like like the fucking Be A Pro, 
like um, put the the FIFA style or Madden or NBA style where they actually tell a story as opposed to the shitty hockey style where they're just like, hey, fuck you for playing hockey, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm intrigued to check that out. Uh, but I feel like it's not a game you can play on controller. That's my opinion. Uh, I don't know if there's something wrong with my fucking controller, like thumbstick sensitivity or something, but I feel like you do not have the fine control that you need. So you're making these like uh, adjustments. Um, like you're making these these my, what are supposed to be minute adjustments, but because the because of the fidelity of the the thumbstick right you know with a wheel you would make these adjustments very slightly on the wheel itself but with the thumbstick it's just not not how it works it's quite analog and uh well, it's quite yeah it's quite deliberate and yeah i just don't think that works very well uh, i do have a wheel down in my garage so i'll have to go you a garage down on my car hole i've got a fucking wheel that i can go grab and i'll bring it up and plug it in and see if i can set it up but uh yeah i'd love to play it's got a co-op campaign that i'd love to check out i think that'd be fucking interesting as shit really really cool but um yeah i'd have to go check it out um yeah so uh, F1 2021, I believe it's out now. Is it? Is it out now? Or I th reviews are available now? It's out ah, on, what, Saturday? Why would it come out on a Saturday? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Whatever. It comes out on Saturday. Um, yeah. Definitely one for F1 fans. It is. It's, it doesn't look like EA has done anything to, uh, to fuck with what Cody's does. Uh, so it seems like it's a, you know, if you want a good F1 game, it's a good F1 game. Um, I'm sure, uh, people who are into racing games will have their own opinions of what, uh, what Cody's brings to the table. You know, um, it's not iRacing or R Factor or whatever it is the fucking kids are playing these days. Um, but it is, yeah, it is fully licensed formula one racing uh and yeah i i think heath heath would be the person to tell us about f1 2021 and how he started a game started a race in fourth and finished in 18th and had the time of his life doing it um yeah which is pretty cool uh it, it looks gorgeous it, it, i actually yeah i miss heath's crazy stories anyway maybe maybe heath if you're listening uh you can send us a question air quotes question about one of those stories if you manage to pick this game up all the way um yeah anyway uh out this week and two more games two more games on the list i don't know if we're gonna make two hours my chums uh but, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> Hell Let Loose, still on the list, still there. 
but me and uh, me and the lads still playing Hell Let Loose had the most spectacular fucking game the other day uh, of uh, we were on Foy, I think it was. I believe we lost and it didn't fucking matter at all because it was fucking epic. Uh, Nate and I... Uh, one were with an ace squad as a as a sniper duo, so I was spotter. Nate was a sniper. As a sniper duo, we had the ace squad for offensive effectiveness, uh, which means getting shit done while attacking. And obviously, uh, that sort of makes sense because our team lost. <laughs> Right, uh, the, the the best offensive defect effectiveness was two players. Uh, the way they calculate a squad and shit is based on the, they just add up all of the numbers, all of the points for um, like everyone in a squad. So by default, like the sniper squad shouldn't win anything, pretty much. Basically, should not win at all uh, because there's only two and every other squad should have six people in it, right? So they shouldn't win, but we fucking belted that shit. We were putting such fucking good shit together. Um, it was a really, like, we had this new player, um, Commander. Uh, Drew and Heath, I believe, were uh, playing as well, Um just rolling around. Uh, I think they had their own squad going. Uh, they were getting shit done in the in the backfield on defense. But uh, yeah, me and uh, me and Nate went deep into the fucking backfield, and we were ripping shit up uh, um, in in the back lines, and it was fucking cool as hell. Um, we managed to put together this wild fucking uh attack on uh on the middle point by crawling through an open snowfield with a hedge that was about as as high as a prone body crawled all the way to this shit uh to to the other side crawled in behind them popped some popped some players like a full squad and then got our commander to, to drop supplies on us. And then we built a Gary. And after we built the Gary, uh, we fucking, uh, like our entire team managed to, to spawn in and attack from there. It was fucking huge. It was fucking amazing. It felt so cool um, to accomplish that shit. Like, it was just rad. Like, it was just a really good fucking... Uh, like play and and when we carried it off and yeah unfortunately somehow despite that like we weren't able to pull it off again but uh yeah despite that our team then managed to lose the fucking final point which was not great um yeah if if we hadn't lost that point we would have won 
Ah, uh, we could and yeah, we we did other stuff. We like we went fucking deeper in a fucking enemy territory. Um, we like killed their RDIs, ripped up their fucking supply, their supply lines. There, yeah, we just had a fucking. We were getting shit done. I love that game when you're playing at like fucking. You just. When you and, and another player like fucking or we had a we had another game where we were on defense uh on what's that uh Semer Igli and um we were playing as defense squad and it was uh who was it? Drew, uh Fjaren, uh Grey Squirrel, uh Goofball and I think was there one other person? Me, Drew, Goof, Fjaren, Squirrel, and we had one rando. Um, and, uh, yeah, we held that fucking defense for fucking so long. Way longer than we should have. Um, we just... And it didn't help that whoever the... Like, there was absolutely... Like, my voice chat went down for some reason i couldn't get it to reconnect and i couldn't work out how to make it reconnect which is very annoying but um yeah fucking the the like the stuff the rest of our team was doing they were just constantly putting shit in the dumbest place they put this fucking garrison up in a really dumb place and like me drew was my support guy and he like i was squad lead but Drew was sport uh, support guy, and he he'd like put fucking supplies down. We'd go to fucking build a Gary in a really good location, and then uh, it'd turn out some other fucking dipshit had fucking like put put one down within two hundred meters, and we couldn't fucking build. So we're playing, we're doing this defense, being actively fucking hamstrung by our teammates, and I couldn't get on the voice comms to tell them to stop fucking it, doing this shit. Uh, didn't matter but it was like it was annoying uh we still put together this fucking epic defense we held on for so fucking long um but again like yeah i think the reason it, it wound up failing was well apart from the fact that they sent three fucking tanks in we were playing as um as the american side and they sent three fucking tanks two panthers and a fucking tiger in on this point and our tanks, we had fucking five fucking armor squads and no tanks, no tank support. And this was one of those situations where I don't super blame the AT player because it's very difficult to fucking do anything uh, in these situations. But I wish, I wish I had been AT because I swear to God I would have been able to kill at least one of them. Our tanks were nowhere to be fucking seen. Just nowhere to be seen. And it was infuriating. They just weren't doing anything. They were sitting way up the fucking back, taking pot shots. But worse still is that, like, I was marking these tanks up constantly. Like, I was on the... I wasn't... I didn't even have my gun out. I was just on the binoculars marking the tanks. So all the tanks... All these coward fucking tanks needed to do was shoot on my fucking marker. And they still weren't fucking doing it. And, like, though... It was was annoying so uh yeah 
I th- like I honestly think we lost that point in the end because our teammates showed up, except for the tank players who didn't show up. If the tank players showed up and the rest of our team hadn't showed up, I reckon our squad could have held that fucking shit indefinitely because when they'd made their previous push and they'd made a giant fucking push with an airhead, with a garrison behind us, with fucking everything, our squad had solo fucking held that shit out. So I I know we could have done it. It's just, yeah, we just wound up being fucked by our team, which is just the way it goes sometimes sometimes you just get fucked by your team and it didn't obviously didn't help that i couldn't communicate with any of the other squad leaders to tell them stop fucking about but it is what it is uh yeah i don't know i still love that game i'm gonna write a review for it it uh officially hits 1.0 i think it's still on track officially hits 1.0 in two weeks uh two Tuesdays from now uh, will be very interesting to see how it goes then um, Soviet map Stalingrad is coming I'm very excited it looks like all CQB style fighting uh, a lot of people aren't going to like that I think um, but I'm excited to see how it plays out yeah uh, that's I don't know that's it uh, hell at least continue oh actually I did have a killer fucking moment uh, in one of the games where I think um, Drew and Fjaren were playing as the sniper squad and uh, I ran up on an enemy airhead just as the airhead spawned in and they all spawned in front of me and I cut down as many of them as I could and then I died on the airhead and I didn't tap out so that they, if you die on an airhead uh, they need, without like being headshot, you will block the spawn. So they couldn't spawn in on this airhead until uh, until they cleared me out, but they couldn't clear me out because uh, I'd like, I'd kill them all or I killed all but one of them who killed me. And uh, one of my teammates managed to get him, which is cool. So I managed to block that basically on my own. My sacrifice was pretty cool. Anyway, that is Hell Let Loose. Uh, just going to take a short break. I will be right back. Alrighty. And our last game for this week. <laughs> Woo! PUBG. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> PUBG Battlegrounds, obviously, uh, is, is the official name, official brand name. Uh, PUBG Battlegrounds released a brand new map with a brand new Gulag mode. Tago, I believe I spoke about it a teeny bit last week, uh, but I played a bunch over the weekend. I was having a lot of fun. I didn't inst- uninstall it immediately. I didn't. Didn't dummy spit after the first fucking game, which is sort of what I thought I might be about to do. Um, yeah. No, uh, I haven't. I have uninstalled it now. Uh, I did have the dummy spit eventually. Was kind of inevitable, I suppose, in that I just don't like PUBG anymore. I don't like what it does. I think it's it was a revolutionary game, in my opinion, in that it revolutionized uh, the way we think about multiplayer. Um the way we think about 
uh, our relationship to success in in multiplayer. Um, and so, yeah, I, th I think it was it will always be important for that reason. But uh, yeah, time has passed it by. Uh, where some games can last for years and years and years, uh, I just don't think PUBG has it. Tago is a bad map. Uh, I didn't think it was a bad map for a long time. Uh, but that's because I stuck to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to. I stuck to urban areas and I didn't really force myself out of, uh, out into open fields except where I needed to. Uh, open areas where I needed to. But uh, it all, like, Clubomity actually shattered the glass on this for me. Uh you know, that glass shattering moment where once it happens, you can't, un you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Uh, I'd, I'd gotten, I died. This is actually the game before I quit for good. Uh, but I died getting stuck on geometry. And uh, I was trying to jump behind a rock and I got stuck on geometry after running for at least 20 seconds on a flat open fucking area with absolutely zero cover on it, even though they'd supposed to have fucking learned that lesson in with Miramar, right? Uh, they, they evidently hadn't. Uh, I die. I tried to jump behind a rock. I got stuck on geometry for before I jumped. And so I didn't jump at all. And uh, I died and Kluomity like said, and it was, yeah, it was mind-blowing uh, that it's just a large-scale Sandhawk. Tago is just a large-scale Sandhawk, and I can't unsee it now, right? It almost, like, it, it, it's hyperbole, hyperbole, however you want to fucking say it, to say it, uh, that it is, it might actually just be a, a stretched version of Sandhawk, but you could almost see it in some cases. When you walk along beaches that are legitimately flat sand for fucking like a hundred meters in every fucking direction, right? Flat sand with no cover for a hundred meters in every fucking direction. You can almost see, oh yeah. So this was actually a smaller map that they've sort of upsized a little by just basically doing that thing in paint where you like grab the corner and you drag the corner out so it makes it bigger or like something like that or you know scale 125% uh, on paint or something like that. Like you could almost fucking see it. There are areas in that fucking map where you're like, if this map was smaller, some of this shit might make sense. There's this fucking bridges again. Why do they keep doing bridges? What is the fucking point of a bridge? Right? Except to, like, the bridge The bridge is the slow form play of bad RNG. Right? The slow form, you've... It, heads or tails, you picked incorrectly. Fuck you. You can't play around accidentally picking the wrong side of a bridge. Right, and when the circle shifts so that half of the circle is on one side of the bridge and half of the circle is on the other side of the bridge, 
It is a fucking coin flip. But they insist on doing this shit. And the bridges, one bridge on Tago is good. One bridge on Tago is good. And the rest of the fucking bridges are an absolute fucking nightmare. I don't understand. The, one of the bridges, you can sit fucking 200 meters back from it in a house, a, a warehouse with a giant fucking, a long sight line on the fucking thing and snipe cunts on the bridge. You don't even have, like to camp that bridge, you don't even have to be anywhere near the bridge. It is in a valley. Half the fucking bridges are in a valley. So you can snipe them from fucking hilltops from fucking ages away. Like, what are they fucking thinking? Who fucking put that one together? That is fucking insane to me. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. The maps are all this, the same fucking dumb visual noise that Sandhawk was 100% like littered with. Tr like ugly fucking trees and grass that's too long. And you just know someone's found some way to fucking turn down those details so they can see you from fucking wherever and all this kind of shit. These dumb rolling hills that are actually fucking hilltops, right? Where you can be fucking caught on the fucking way up and caught on the way down and there's nowhere to fucking hide at any point right if there's someone on the other side of the hill you're fucked if there's someone on this side of the hill you're fucked you just have to hope that there's nobody anywhere because there's nowhere to fucking hide on any of these fucking hills or maybe you've got a tree and you can face plant into the fucking tree face hug the tree as much as possible and pray they don't shift three meters to the right so they can get a fucking angle on you like ludicrous shit absolutely insane the way that shit works the amount like how am i getting stuck on geometry how is it how is it this deep how have they fucking released a map where you get stuck on geometry i i dummy spit when i fucking i got killed uh by guys whose footsteps uh i couldn't hear and then when i went to shoot them uh i shot into the highly invisible, invincible fucking uh, fans on the desk in front of me instead, uh, despite aiming around them, in my opinion. But I was too close to them, and I just, I like, I just kept remembering all these little things that I hate about PUBG, like fucking how, like, I sh I was at one point I started shooting a fucking window ledge. Right, but if you walk too close to a window ledge, you'll pop your fucking gun up, right? Like a fucking moron, right? Because, oh, it can't collide, right? So, but you can still shoot the window ledge, right? Shouldn't the fucking gun pop up if I'm close enough to fucking shoot the window ledge? Otherwise, shouldn't it shoot where my fucking crosshair is? Like, how the fuck does that happen? How do you let that one through? That's so fucking dumb. Oh my God, there's so much fucking shit in this game. Like... Oh, yeah, really fucking aggravating. Still, I did have some really fun games. I, I did, like, before, before the glass shattered, before Kleb ruined it for me, <laughs> um, I was having some really fucking fun games. It's just, yeah, Tago is just a, ma a, a map made for fucking third partying. But before, yeah, we were like, but I was, I was playing with fucking mushrooms. I was playing with fun guys, you know? Uh, we got the fucking, the crew back together. It was Goof and, uh, Cleb and Luke and Drew and Skrull jumped into some games and abandoned us without saying anything. Like, we're just, 
it was good fun. Um, I would like to play, would like to get some more games in with some more people. I think I missed out on playing with uh, LJM, PUBG's greatest champion. But uh, yeah, like we had, we had some good ones. We had this one, like had this one game where we dropped. I can't. I've I've already stricken all the map, the location names from my mind. We had this one game where we dropped, and uh, it was the fucking spiciest drop I've ever been involved in in my life. And we just didn't find anything. Uh, it was such like there must have been four teams and us, and we landed. And I think Drew got a fucking M sixteen with thirty bullets. I got an AK with thirty bullets, and that was it. And there were fucking teams everywhere. And I remember at one point, I'd already been down a couple of times at this point. And, uh, and Drew's like, I've got 15 bullets left. And I look down and I'm like, yeah, I've got 14. And we have no way to go anywhere. I've, I'm, I've got no health left. And Claire manages to kill this dude at the bottom of some stairs, but there's another guy down there. And I'm like, okay, well, what we'll do, so I, because I'm basically dead already and I've got no armor left and I'm basically fucked. Let's just, I will go down and loot this guy. And I went down and I like inched my way down and I looted the guy and I went back up and I'm like dropping all this shit and we've got some ammo. We're like fucking, woo, yeah, we've done it. We've done it. We're getting out of here. But um, <clears throat> no, it's, uh, it's, it didn't work. It did not work out in the end because it was too spicy. Um, I went down for the like fourth or fifth time and, and couldn't come back in. I couldn't be rezzed fast enough, basically, because you slowly but surely get uh, down faster and faster and die faster and faster, and eventually I was gonzo. Um, yeah, it was funny. Uh, I won all my... like. We managed to work out how to go to the gulag. Uh, you have to have a player still alive when the first circle closes, and then you get teleported to the, to the blue zone, and then you can play from there, uh, and all you have to do is basically hide until you get dropped back in you get to keep any loot loot that you had on you that you found in the blue zone um and yeah anyway i wound up going 100 percent on my gulags uh never died in the gulag uh it's a dumb situation it, it just it doesn't fucking work man like it's it's such a they they read about the concepts they never actually played it right they they like someone on the PUBG Battlegrounds team was like oh yeah hey we need a gulag Johnson go and find us how to make a gulag and Johnson's like yeah I can do that and he like fucking Google's gulag and he's like reading into it and he's gone to the Wikipedia for gulag and he's like holy fuck why would they want a gulag? What the f like? Why am I am I going to the gulag? And he goes back to his boss. He's like, boss, uh, this gulag thing—it's pretty crazy. Like, you sure? And the boss is like, yeah. Call of Duty's gulag has gotten it so much. Like everyone loves the Call of Duty gulag. And and Johnson's like. Right. Okay. It's just I was I was just confused about you know whether or not 
if we uh it, it would fit with PUBG and then the boss is like, Yeah, it will if you make it fucking work. And so Johnson's like, Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So he goes back and he Googles Call of Duty Gulag and he's like, Oh, okay, so you just sort of like come back, right? That's I can I can see how that would work. Yeah. Okay. Um Well, I guess I I don't I, I, I should probably install this Warzone game to find out. Holy fuck, it wants 150 gigabytes? I'm not installing 150 fucking gigabytes to find out what a gulag is. I'll just, I will, I, I've got, this description on IGN is good enough. It's fine. Okay, so you go there and you fight and you come back. We can make this. Let's, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. You, we'll dump you somewhere and you fight and you come back. That's it. Easy peasy. No worries. Uh, it'll take, what? Yeah, you lose like seven minutes of a game. No worries. And you can only do it once. I think that that's how it works. Don't worry, boss. I've done the gulag. And the, and the boss, right, also won't download 150 gigabytes of gulag, uh, of Call of Duty. So does not know any better. And that is how they invented the gulag for PUBG Battlegrounds. Um, anyway, yeah, so, I, I think, I think I went a bit long with that analogy, but, uh, yeah, had, uh, had some fun games before I, uh, I tilted my tits off, had a game where we came third to Waikikamukau, who plays for Fury, very good player, uh, I nearly, I nearly beat him, I was so close, I nearly fucking... 50 50 him but i just didn't have anything left if i'd managed to heal i think i could have outshot him but um yeah didn't have the heals didn't have the fucking armor we played that game really good uh i think it was heath cleb drew and me and we just fucking we were picking our fights well we picked our positioning really well we may have linked in a couple of fights a bit longer than i would have liked but uh yeah no, we were we were playing that one really well. We just sort of got a bit unlucky. That was there was a lot of sweaties playing PUBG. We were being a bit sweaty as well, so it kind of worked. Uh, it was so close to so close. Ah, that would have been good. I would have been I would have been pretty stoked if we'd won one against Waikikamukau. Anyway, uh, that is PUBG. Um. Which I think means that is the games we have been playing. Which means that we are on to the news. Let's do some news. I don't have a lot of news. Not a lot of news this week. Uh, I know last week, uh, I think last week, uh, we spoke about... Uh, was it last week? The week before? I don't know. Maybe we didn't talk about it. The Kojima Director's Cut, the Death Stranding Director's Cut. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm surely I talked about, surely I, I went to try to roast Hideo Kojima for a Director's Cut of Death Stranding. It actually sounds pretty interesting. Sounds like they're trying to fix the fucking vehicles and combat systems, uh, which are both things that I found to be desperately lacking. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
Kojima doesn't like the name director's cut because uh, he doesn't feel like it fits. Uh, he would prefer it was called the Delectors Plus, and that is not me taking the piss. That is literally what the official Hio Kojima English uh, account tweeted, Delectors Plus, which, yep, uh, as I said on Twitter, Makes a lot of sense because like Death Stranding, that is complete nonsense. So uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Delectors Plus. Um, no, uh, I, I, if I could bear to play through, like, yeah, fixing the combat and fixing the driving, I don't think save Death Stranding to me. Not to me but they might alleviate some of the things that I found unbelievably tedious, which would be a good thing, right? It would be, well, it'd be better. It couldn't be worse. Um, yeah, but I I don't, You, I would need to be paid a significant amount of money to go back to Death Stranding and play it again. It just couldn't happen. But I did go and read my review, reread my review on uh on player two and fuck that review was a masterpiece fuck that was a good review i'm so underappreciated as a review i am easily the best game review in the world world is it's lucky to have me and unfortunate that i don't get paid more to do it um anyway Selectors Plus. I just thought that was amusing. And I thought we talked about it before, so. Uh, and the other piece of news I've got is Red Dead, Rede uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 gets DLSS. And according to Nate's testing, Nate's got a 3070 Ti. He's been getting basically 60 frames at 4K on ultra settings with DLSS on, which is fucking amazing. That game is a beast but obviously obviously over time they've done a lot to fucking optimize it uh and dlss helps even more i am very tempted to go back and play some more red dead redemption 2 because i'm locked in the fucking house for another fucking 15 days so what else i'm gonna do i do have some fucking some other games to play but uh yeah why not play some red dead redemption 2 again Maybe I can see if they've, they've done any more work on that. There was that uh, mod that I was playing ages ago where you could turn yourself into a bird. Best mod. What a mod. The best mod. Um, yeah, check that out. Anyway, uh, if you do have a 20 series or above NVIDIA card, you can utilize DLSS, which is killer. Uh, it is the killer app for... And video cards it, it is what separates and video cards from uh from amt cards i was going to say the pack but there's not really a pack there's an either or uh and and amd are working on their alternative but they are at the same point that nvidia was a couple of years ago so there's a, a ways to go yet unfortunately and that is all the news I found because I didn't really look very hard. So, uh, I don't know. That's all I got. Sorry. Okay, questions. 
Baz, Baz wrote a question. Baz wrote another question. Baz, Baz is the best. Baz writes great questions. Okay, Baz writes. Firstly, well done on the solo podcast show. Good stuff. <laughs> nice. I like it. That's good. Um, do you know of any game reviewers that have gone from reviewing games to developing games? I wonder what it would be like to go from reviewing work to being the one that has work being reviewed and what insights a games journalist could bring to a game studio. This comes to mind when Luke and yourself suggest changes to a game and offer, often recommend they should hire you. For what it's worth, uh, I am sure many people would agree with your recommendations. Um, yeah, game reviewers, um, if you ever watched uh, Black Mirror, uh, Charlie Booker used to write game reviews, the creator of that, and he, he also did... Uh, Newswipe and stuff. Um, he used to write game reviews way back in the day. And uh, I haven't seen much of, like, I haven't seen him talk about the transition. Gary Witter and Kieran Gillen are two other UK journalists who have made the transition from uh, game critic to uh, author, I guess, or creative, although neither are in video games. Gary Witter wrote Rogue One. Uh, awesome writer, uh, and Kieran Gillen was the a big proponent of uh, new games journalism, which I am a uh, a fan of as a as a writing style, uh, which is the sort of um, almost onanistic, I suppose, you know, self congratulatory, wanky, uh, um, introspective style of writing about video games that I tend to do quite a bit of. Um, Kieran Gillen was one of the very first, well, he coined the term for it at the very least, but he was also uh, a big, big proponent of it. Uh, I believe his big one was Bao. Was that him? Bao N-word? That was the first new games journalism I ever read. Uh, read. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was called it was it was you know Hunter Hunter S Thompson esque um, style writing where it was as much about the the writer as it was about the um, the game or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, and Gillen, I, I don't know if he wrote that, but he wrote, yeah, he did write that, and uh, that's, if you can find it, I don't think it's up anymore, based on my very quick Googling, but um, yeah, it's a fantastic read, and uh, it was, it came to prominence right as I started, uh, my professional career in games criticism. Uh, so I've definitely drew, draw, drawn drawn heavily from that. Um, he's writing, at the moment, he's writing the comic book series Die, which I've talked about a couple of times on this. It's a, uh, it's sort of games-influenced, uh, uh, like an RPG, but they get sucked into the RPG, like Jumanji-type stuff. Heartily recommend reading uh, Die, if you can find it. It's... I think Gillen was complaining on Twitter the other day that it, 
it's impossible to fucking point people towards it because you can't fucking Google die without finding any number of different things. Um, but yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, so there are def- definitely a couple of, uh, but they're from like, they're of a, they're, it's almost like there's a, a generation uh, split, right? They're of a generation prior to mine. Uh, and I don't know a lot of um, gen- like game critics of my generation who have made the jump yet, although there are a couple in Australia. Um, James O'Connor, Brenna Hillier, and J- Jason Imms. Um, they work for Mighty Kingdom in Adelaide. Um, I'm good friends with all of them. Uh, they haven't released a game yet. I'd love to, I would love to have exactly this discussion when, when they release something. I know James O'Connor was briefly touching on talking about how the transition worked for himself or that he might want to talk about that transition. Um, at some point. Uh, I reckon it'd be fascinating to talk to them about it. They could do a pack. They should do a PAX panel on it. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, they haven't released a game just yet, so I don't know if how how the criticism element would go. Um, but I'd be intrigued to find out more. Uh, and uh, Alyssa and Lee Harris from Flat Earth Games uh, both both fit that bill as well. Uh, Lee only wrote, I think Lee only ever wrote one thing for me uh, at Game Arena. Alyssa wrote a couple of things for me at Game Arena. Um, Alyssa wrote for Hyper a couple of times. Both have been on this podcast. Um, They, yeah, Flat Earth Games has a couple of games and Lee and they they both now work at other places in in the industry. I should, uh, I Back when I was allowed outside, I played squash with Lee. Next time I see him, I'll ask how he feels about game criticism, having been on both sides. And I'll try to uh, report back. Um, but uh, regarding the, like, what insights a game journalist? Like, I think Jason Imms... Uh, directly transitioned from game criticism uh great game critic to um quality assurance and i don't think is a immediate transition i don't think it's like there's a a direct line between the two but i think you could use there would be a lot of insight there's this thing that nate and i talk about and i'm certain i've talked about on the podcast before but the the contest right that Flat out, uh, if we lived in America, I 1,000% guarantee you we would have made a business uh, doing contesting because we've we've briefly talked to, uh, like when we go on studio tours and stuff and you wind up in these situations where you're having dinner or lunch or whatever with the with the devs in their um in their big cafeteria or whatnot, and you're just sort of sitting around talking about games and stuff. And uh, we've both brought it up before with game devs this idea of contesting and why why don't you guys have anyone contesting? And they adore adore 
the idea, right? What, like they're immediately amused at the concept, right? Because it, it involves the word cunt and Americans never hear it. And you never hear it in a professional uh, setting unless Australians are involved. Um, but as soon as you explain it, they're like, that is, we, like no nobody who works for us could ever do it, right? Um, so yeah, if we worked in if we were in America, I guarantee you we would have created like an, an outsourced cunt testing uh, team. We'd probably make fifty billion times more than we do as games journalists, because um, it has to, like it's one of those things where. If you're finding out, if you're cunt testing when live, it's way too late. Because, yeah, cunt testing is designed, like, would, would be designed to test the shittiest ways people can play your game. Not the, not the, uh, optimizing the fun out of your game thing, because that's that's just game design that's pure game design and if you, like you don't need someone to come in and tell you hey it's very easy to just get a fucking super shotgun if you can't work that out yourself you made a mistake on your own but contesting is is the hey uh if i if i do this one thing uh in in this game right not not like i've found a way to to DDoS the Titanfall servers so that nobody can ever play single player. But more, uh, I can do this one thing and nobody is ever going to have a good time again. Uh, like, uh, I can't even, like, what's, what's a fucking good example of something we found? Like, well, like Chivalry 1, right? Chivalry 1 would have been one of those games where if someone had come in before it launched, right, and shown them the rainbow swinging, right, then maybe they could have maybe they could have done something to to halt it before it got to a point where they were like, no, that's that's how the game works. We can't get rid of that, which was a fundamental and fatal flaw for Chivalry One and one that they have sworn a mistake they've sworn they won't make that mistake again uh yeah that's that's what contesting would have would find um but we don't live in america and those opportunities don't actually happen in australia all that often i did have one opportunity one time uh to they would they were going to do they do these things called um these pretty reviews um, or like uh, off the record reviews. There's a bunch of different names for them, but basically they, uh, they get a reviewer in a game critic in to review, to tell them what score the game's probably going to get. And they get, they, they lock you in a room and you play it under game review conditions and yeah your job there is to pitch what score it's probably going to get i turned it down because i didn't really feel um it was like a yeah from an integrity standpoint uh, i didn't really want to take money from a game publisher 
to write a review. Uh, I wouldn't have reviewed, I wouldn't have been able to review the game itself uh, for anyone, but um, I just wouldn't, wouldn't have felt good myself either. But if I were to fully transition away from games criticism, um, then contesting would be a possibility. But the, yeah, literally the only one time has this opportunity come up, has this opportunity arisen um, because we're located in Australia and those opportunities just don't occur all that often. I've heard, it, uh, yeah, like we just don't have AAA games that require that sort of thing. Um, anyway, our recommendations, yeah. I, I agree, Baz. Like we like, I think we've just we got fourteen years. We've we've played the the problem that I think they have uh, in game development is that they get too close to their games and their systems, and they don't see the breadth of what is possible. Uh, in other games and other systems uh, until it's too late to really rope that stuff in. And if they try to, you wind up with shit like Duke Nukem Forever where they're just constantly chasing something that can't happen. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, great question, Baz. Great question. Uh, I have... I would... I would love to see that's my like uh knock on wood my mighty boss stones knock on wood right uh is is the idea of having uh i'm not a coward but i've never been tested right i having someone uh review critique my stuff man i would love to know how i would react to that because I know how I react when people like shit talk my reviews because I put a lot of fucking uh, effort in and then they'll like pick some fucking dumb tangent to attack. They'll be like, oh, oh, like fucking big ant being like, oh, dollary dues. Nobody talks like that. Nobody says dollary dues except the fucking the left wing liberal elites who hate rugby league in the first place. Meanwhile, literally everyone everywhere says dollary dues except for the fucking right-wing yobbos who hang out on rugby league forums. Um, but yeah, nobody says dollary dues. This entire review is trash, right? And I was like, you picked one word and wrote off the fucking entire thing because of that? Ignored the fucking bulk of it? Insanity. How infuriating, right? I get upset about that, right? But how long does it take me to write a review? Fucking max two days. Two days when when I realize I've spent way too much of it talking about Kanye's new album like I did in the Death Stranding review. Uh, and I should have been talking about other shit like Death Stranding probably for most of it. And then I loop back into myself so many of my reviews loop back into myself in in this sort of like, oh my God, am I a wanker? I think I'm a wanker. I'm probably a wanker uh, sort of way. But that's just me heading shit off at the pass, right? Uh, but two days, right? What if I, what if I spent 
a year working on something? What if I spent two plus years working on something? How would I react to someone picking that apart? I don't know. And it's, I don't know, it scares the shit out of me. The concept, the thought alone scares the shit out of me. But I'm intrigued. I'd love to fucking know. I would love to find out. Yeah. Great question, Buzz. Um, yeah, fantastic question. I loved it. Okay, uh, that would be the podcast. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, go to IGN.com and read my Phantom Abyss interview with Ben Marinan, the creative director uh, at Team Wibby. Uh, we talk about a bunch of stuff. I think it's a pretty good fucking interview slash preview. Um, I think it turned out pretty well. And um, if you feel so inclined, share it on Reddit or something. I don't know. Share it on social medias or whatever. Uh, because then I can use that to get more uh, preview slash interviews on IGN. That's 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 the dream. I've got a, I've, I've maybe got a good one coming up. I mean, I've secured the interview off the back of this one. Uh, off the back of this preview interview, I've already secured the interview preview, uh, but I don't know if I've, uh, it's going to go on IGN. I know it'll go somewhere, but I don't know where it's going to go yet. Uh, but I could get more and more, uh, and I can bring those. You know, we talked about Phantom Abyss already. This new, this other game, uh, it flies close to the sun. Uh I don't want to say too much. Anyway, go check it out. Uh, and yeah, what else? What does Luke usually say at the end of this? Um, uh, subscribe to us and review us on iTunes. Uh, or you can find us on all the other places that he usually lists. I don't know. Um, if you're listening to this, you know where to find it, right? Do I say this every time I'm on a solo or every time I have to host? If you're listening to this, how are you listening to this if you don't know how to find it already? I am confused. However, leave us a review wherever you, you found it uh, because as I just mentioned, I'm terrified of hearing reviews. Um, it says be a fan on Facebook, but we never use our Facebook. I actually don't go on Facebook at all anymore. Uh, I use Facebook Messenger. And I do not load facebook.com at all. It, I'd like, I'm sure if I typed FAC into my browser, something other than Facebook would come up first. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's see. Nope. Rubbing face meme. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck is rubbing face meme? I was either trying for facepalm, which God, I hope not. Or the, like, the Wojak, the guy, like, being, rubbing his face, I guess. I don't, what the fuck? What the fuck is a rubbing face meme? What a weird one. Anyway, um, <clears throat> what else is on here? The GAPodcast.com, head there, check out uh, the GAPodcast.com. I've been extremely busy lately doing some other stuff, but uh, I do have some pieces coming uh very soon i'll get back in the swing of that it's just been locked down and you know trying to deal with all that kind of shit uh discord 
the gapodcast.com slash discord. Uh, join us on our discord. We chat about all kinds of stuff, basketball, uh, food, um, just general stuff. Uh, it's good. I love our community on, on discord. We play games. Um, I should make it. I might like condense our spoiler chats and then uh, make a food one so we can share recipes because I feel like we've got a good food thing going on on there. Um, YouTube, thegapodcast.com slash YouTube. Head there. You can watch this podcast on YouTube. I don't know what the fuck you're going to watch this episode though because I didn't record my face. Um, But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, And all of this is possible thanks to the spectacular support of you, the listener, but also, even more importantly, the spectacular support of our patrons in on Patreon at patreon.com slash the GA podcast. Um, the, what, what uh, you know, any, any little that we can get uh, helps us keep the lights on, helps us keep the servers going. Um, giant two-hour-long podcasts take up quite a bit of bandwidth, and uh, we unbel- like, we're spectacularly grateful for uh, anything we can get there uh, to help that going. Uh, so we love our patrons. You're the best. Um, and uh, yeah, that I think that might be it. Uh, you can find me at joeyjojo on twitter.com. Um, what else? What do we got coming next week? We've got, um, what is it called? Old World, the new civilization game. I'll be playing that. Aliens Fire Team, I believe the embargo for that lifts next week. Fire Team Elite. Uh, I'm sure we'll have other games, um, but yeah, uh, that would be about it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, sorry if the pauses are too long or if I go uh or um or whatever too much. It's a bit weird doing a solo podcast as always um that's about all there is to it love you bye